All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. A few weeks ago, Shalane Flanagan became the first American woman to win the New York City Marathon in 40 years. And the most interesting part is that she did it after taking a substantial part of 2017 off from training and racing to recover from a major injury. Since winning the New York City Marathon, an inspiring phenomenon called the Shalane Effect has been sprinting around the marathon community's social media like a runner with her hair on fire. It is based on the fact that every one of Shalane's training partners, all 11 women, qualified for the Olympics during the time that they were training with her. <laughs> wow! In the New York Times, Lindsay Krause coined the term the Shalane Effect and described it this way. You serve as a rocket booster for the careers of the women who work alongside you while catapulting forward yourself. The quote from the article that I've seen passed around the most is, Flanagan does not just talk about elevating women, she elevates them. And they win. Now, as absolutely worthy and inspiring as that effect is, there's another equally inspiring and interesting aspect of Flanagan's story that I want to focus on. It's what I'm calling the other Shalane effect. One that I hope will serve as a shining example for all the hard-charging athletes out there who are pushing themselves through illness, stress, and even injury. This other Shalane effect is the one that shows us that you can take 10 weeks off of training and still come out on top. Way on top. Now, Flanagan's 10 weeks off came after she suffered a severe lower back injury, which was her first major injury since she turned pro in 2004. To say the injury was severe would be an understatement. It was an actual break in her iliac crest, which is the largest of the three bones that merge to form the os coxa, or the hip bone. The break was likely caused by logging too many miles on the treadmill or on some snow-covered, slippery Portland, Oregon terrain. And if you're wondering how many is too many, well, Shalane has been known to run upwards of 130 miles per week during her training season. Like nearly all the serious athletes I've ever known, Shalane found the mental challenge of taking time off for recovery more difficult than the actual physical act of giving her body the rest it needed. Shortly after she dropped out of the Boston Marathon in the spring of 2017, where the injury was first brought to light, Shalane told Runner's World magazine, It's thrown me for a loop. I've had to reevaluate what's important to me. I still feel a bit lost right now. Feeling lost makes complete sense when you understand that if you stop running for just a week, your maximal aerobic capacity, or your max VO2, will decrease. And if you take two weeks off, 
you're likely to add more than a minute to your 5k runtime. Knowing that, it's easy to see how much anxiety can be caused by even a simple setback, like a common cold, let alone a fractured pelvis. I think all of us marathon fans questioned whether, at 36 years old, Shalane would ever return to the high level of fitness she was previously at. But she did. And how. Now, let's look at how this is possible by examining both the good and the bad of taking time off of training. A great number of things happen when any athlete takes time off of training and racing, but for now, I'll focus on just the most relevant running effects. After two weeks of not training, studies show that VO2 max decreases by 6%. After nine weeks, VO2 max drops by 19%, and after 11 weeks, VO2 max falls by 25.7%. Also, the amount of blood pumped by the heart per beat takes a nosedive by 10% after three weeks. And your muscles' aerobic enzymes that help produce energy fall by 25% after only three weeks. Okay, but enough of doom and gloom. Some good things also happen during time off of training. First one is your muscles and your tendons and bones get some time to recover fully and heal completely. You also repair those tiny tears in the tissue all over your body, often in places you don't even know were involved in your sport, resulting in a more injury-resistant you. Your mind also restores its enthusiasm for your sport and increases your desire and your ability to train effectively. And your immune system, well, it takes a beating when you're training, and time off can give it time to recover and strengthen. Now, right before the New York City Marathon, Shalane told USA Today, My body clearly needed it. And in those 10 weeks, I got to explore other things in my life that were really rewarding in a variety of ways. Now, I think this is one of the biggest benefits to taking time off of anything that we're passionate about. There is no worse feeling than having your passion start to feel like a job. And there's no better feeling than returning to something you love when you've been deprived of it. I remember getting back to the pool after a few months of rehabbing a rotator cuff issue. You know, sitting there in the change room, I felt like a kid on his birthday about to unwrap the best present ever. In that same USA Today interview, Shalane said, I think there's definitely some doubt. Do I still have what it takes mentally and physically to keep working at this? Well... I would say that she clearly does, and even if she was lacking in her physical state, I mean, remember how her VO2 max would have dropped after 10 weeks, she more than made up for it mentally. And there's a lot of evidence that mental fortitude can play a huge role in athletic performance. A professor at the University of Kent's Center for Sports Studies, Samuel Marcora, has spent years finding surprising links between fatigued brains and low physical performance. Dr. Marcora's initial results actually suggested back in 2009 that what we perceive as physical limitations are often highly correlated to our levels of mental motivation and even more correlated to our state of mental fatigue. Dr. Mark Hora published a study where 16 cyclists pedaled to exhaustion immediately after they spent 90 minutes either watching an emotionally neutral documentary or performing a demanding cognitive test, which is called the AXCPT test. 
And you can find links to all of this in the show notes at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com and look for episode 366. Now, even though the cognitive test didn't actually tire the cyclists out physically, they still gave up 15% earlier during the pedal session when they were mentally fatigued from the demanding test than they did after watching the neutral documentary. In an ESPN interview right after winning the New York City Marathon, Shalane summed it up nicely in a response to a question about taking all that time off before the race. What she said was, It was 100% a blessing. I needed that rest, and I never would have given it to myself otherwise. I have felt so much better, which makes it so much more fun to train when you feel good. I hadn't realized how tired I was. I had dug myself a hole. When you're trying to chase these goals, it's easy to think you're just not working hard enough. You're not getting the win and you're not doing your job. The reality was I was probably overworking and underestimating my own talent. Dr. Marcora would likely explain what Shalane said with the psychobiological model of fatigue. And this model frames exercise limitations as a fine balance between motivation and perceived effort. He says that we often stop performing at our peak, not simply because our muscles are pooped out, but because the amount of effort that it would take for us to keep pushing is perceived, at least in the moment, as being greater than the reward might be for all that suffering. Which basically means that your tired brain and your tired muscles can equally make you feel like quitting, or in Shalane's case, make her underestimate her own talent. A thought which we all know does not lead to a champion's mindset. Now there's another researcher named Timothy Noakes who theorizes about there being a central governor that holds us back from either hurting ourselves or achieving greatness. And he uses Muhammad Ali's words to illustrate his point. The quote is, The fight is often won or lost, far away from witnesses, behind the lines, in the gym, out there on the road, long before I dance under the lights. According to the Noakes model, the athlete who wins the competition is the one whose imagined symptoms of fatigue interfere the least with their actual performance. Now I'm going to say that again. The one who wins is the one whose imagined symptoms of fatigue interfere the least with their actual performance. And the athlete who finishes behind the winner may make the conscious decision not to win, perhaps even before the race begins. Their deceptive symptoms of fatigue may then be used to justify whichever decision they made. So, the winner is the athlete for whom defeat is the least acceptable rationalization. Or, as Shalane put it in her ESPN interview after the race, I'm not crazy that I thought I could do it. That feels so good. Now, for more recovery info, time off tips, or to join in the Shalane conversation, head over to facebook.com slash getfitguy or twitter.com slash getfitguy or getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com and look for episode 366. And one last thing, if you're listening to this podcast when it first comes out, the nutrition diva Monica Reinagel and I are going to be doing a Facebook Live on Friday, December 8th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can head over to my Facebook page and find out all about it. Facebook.com slash GetFitGuy. I hope to see you there. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. 
asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit.